With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome in to the PFF NFL Daily. Today discussing mock drafts. That's right, it's mock draft season, Sam. And our guy Mike Renner has a mock draft just this week. So we're going to give uh, our takeaways on Renner's mock. I'm pretty sure we'll have one every single Monday between now and the draft, Sam. So plenty of mocking to be done here during the offseason. So uh, let's start. Let's get into it. Mike Renner's mock draft from this week. It's over at PFF.com. Any uh, initial takeaways from you? Mocking the mock. Um, Yeah, look, obviously the first and most obvious thing with this mock and with pretty much all mocks, I think, this year is going to be how far down you have to go before you get to the first quarterback, right? Usually the quarterbacks are the guys going number one overall, but this is a weird year. The guys that were supposed to be at the top of the class didn't have particularly strong college seasons, and most of them have slipped down the rankings or slipped out of the rank or the, the reckoning completely. So you have to go all the way to number six um, with some pretty quarterback needy teams up top to get the first quarterback, Sam Howell of North Carolina. I think that in itself is interesting. Yeah, so I think the discussions you and I are going to have, we have a lot of uh, shows between now and the draft. We're going to be talking about a lot of this stuff, uh, a lot of the, uh, a bunch, right? So say that the Lions at number two. So the Jaguars, number one, and the Lions at number two. A lot of people do have them going defensive linemen. Aiden Hutchinson is where Renner has... Uh, Michigan's defensive lineman going to the Jags and then Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon going to the Lions the Lions and then the Texans at two and three now that this the the top 14 the top bunch of picks are locked in right what's this debate going to be for the Lions they've got two first round picks Jared Goff is their quarterback do you have to love a guy to take a chance you can't change your organization with a defensive lineman right away but you could lay the foundation for the next quarterback with uh, Kayvon Thibodeau. And then, the, and then the Lions come back and get Chris Olave, fantastic route running wide receiver out of Ohio State. So they get him later on. So if you're the Lions, uh, I'm sorry, this in this mock, they get Desmond Ritter. There was a different one where they had Olave. Uh, but if you're the Lions, is that the strategy, right? Are you going to take one of these quarterbacks later? Are you going to try to build the foundation first? I think that's going to be a fascinating discussion for the Lions, for the Texans, uh, for the Panthers, the Panthers feel a little bit more desperate, maybe, than the Lions or the Texans. But, I mean, those are the discussions I think we're going to be having quite a bit this offseason here. Yeah, and I also think an interesting thing generally is in these years where you don't have a clear-cut number one quarterback or a clear-cut guy that's going to go at the top, there's always this this sort of debate about, well, what do you do next, right? There's no quarterback that should go number one. So what is the next position that goes? And it's usually only edge rusher or offensive tackle for some reason those are the two positions that get picked number one overall when there isn't a quarterback and this is one of those years the number one overall pick seems like it's inevitably going to be either Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan or Thibodeau from Oregon and I'm kind of fascinated by the idea that 
the things have changed, right? Like the, we've, we've spent years now talking about what we've learned from analytics and, and a greater knowledge and sophistication of position value and all these kinds of things. And, you know, cornerback is as valuable as any position in the NFL right now. Wide receiver is as valuable as any non-quarterback position in the NFL. Now, receiver, I can at least see the argument that there's so many of them, right? And right. it's easier to get those guys lower down. Like, just look at last year's draft or the year before that. Like, almost everybody you draft in the first couple of rounds is going to be good. But, you know, rewind a year and say, take all the quarterbacks out of last year's draft. Would Jamar Chase not be the most logical number one overall pick from that group based off what we know? And this this year, I think it's an interesting discussion, right? Everyone's going to go the edge rushers, but is there a better argument for a Derek Stingley Jr. from LSU, the top cornerback in the draft, or you know, the top receiver from the draft, whether it's you know whoever you have? I think that's going to be a, a debate, but Garrett Wilson is, is a guy that I thought flashed a lot just from last year's tape, let alone this year. So I'm kind of interested by that's like a predetermined thing. Everyone's just locked in the edge rushers. But should there be more discussion about that? Yeah, I think I think the edge rusher, I mean, the defensive lineman versus offensive lineman, I think the trenches just feel safer. And, and I think historically they are. It is easier to project edge rushers. Uh, but at the same time, here, here, here are the edge rushers that it's pretty easy to project. Guys named Bosa, uh, Miles Garrett, mm -hmm. uh, Chase Youngs. Those guys are easier to project. And that's not taking anything away from Aiden Hutchinson or Kayvon Thibodeau. Hutchinson only has this one. He was he's he went from good to really good this year. This one breakout season where he graded at 94 plus this year. Whereas these where the Boses, the Garrett's of the world, they were elite from start to finish. Hutchinson went from good to elite. And and Kayvon Thibodeau, he had a really good season too. But neither one of those guys is truly at that slam dunk in in that slam dunk territory. Whereas Derek Stingley. I'm looking at the most valuable, if you just look at corners and edge rushers, the most valuable player across those two positions this year is Jalen Ramsey. And I think Derek Stingley has Jalen Ramsey type of potential. Now, it's potential, and it's a lot more right. volatile at corner, but I think it is a healthy discussion we should be having. The NFL playoffs are here. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. They're kicking things off with a huge offer. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any wildcard team to win their game. Bet just five dollars to win 280 in free bets if your team is victorious. The sportsbook isn't yet available in your state. You can still play for something this wild card weekend. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes in DraftKings with their daily fantasy football contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PFF and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet five dollars and you win 280 in free bets if your team wins. Promo code PFF this wildcard weekend at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Uh, by the way, Derek Stingley goes at number four to the New York Jets. You're basically saying, hey, if you're the Jags at one, they need corners. You're the Lions at two, they need corners. Is it crazy to say Derek Stingley could be one of those guys rather than Hutchinson or Thibodeau? Yeah. I mean, if you think that if you think that Derek Stingley is the best corner in this draft and a an elite cornerback prospect, then there's no reason that cornerbacks shouldn't be going number one overall. If you're telling me that an edge rusher can go number one overall or an offensive tackle can go number one overall, there's a pretty good argument that says an elite number one corner is more valuable than either one of those positions. And yet 
when was the last corner that went number one over in the number one overall in the draft? It's like decades. Has it ever happened? I don't think it's ever happened. Uh, we'll have to get the. Can we get the research team on that? No, I really, yeah. I, I don't think it's happened. And uh, right, it, I, it, it could be in play this year. Uh, one other big takeaway I have, just you know, this mock draft and others. Uh, remember last year we were going through all of our mock drafts and saying, when's the first defensive player going to come off the board? And, and, right. and it could have been Patrick Sertan, it ended up being J.C. Horn, but we were talking about Sertan and Micah Parsons, and we were thinking it could have been 10 or 11. It came at 8, I believe, last year, right? Uh, yeah. But it could have been even lower. This year is going to be the opposite. There's a ton of defensive players, and you don't have those sh- those slam-dunk offensive players. You just need teams to time, you know, those Carolina years where you spend the entire draft on defense. You just got to pick the right year to do <laughs> right. it. So, you know, this year is the year where everything goes on defense. Last year was the year where your entire draft should have gone on offense. As long as you do it that way, sequentially, you're fine. Uh, The other thing is, you know, so the Giants have two top 10 picks, as do the Jets. The Giants in this particular mock go offensive tackle, Charles Cross, uh, Edge uh, from Purdue, Carl Carl Laftis. And I'm looking at, uh, you know, what their opportunity is with Joe Judge now fired, a whole new regime there. If you're the Giants with two picks, do you automatically just have to take a quarterback just because you're you're just you have the extra pick? You're playing with house money here. Don't you have to take a shot because Daniel Jones probably isn't the guy? And even if you don't love somebody, there's a chance that they're better than Daniel Jones and then, you know, cheaper for an extra couple of years. I don't think you have to, but I, you obviously have the flexibility to do that, even if you don't love any of these guys. Like you said, it's it's kind of house money. It, it gives you the chance to sort of, hey, we like this guy, but we admit there's a pretty big chance that it doesn't work out because he's not a clean prospect like some of these other guys in years past. It gives you the ability to be able to go, what the hell? Like, let's roll the dice and let's see what he has. Um, on the other hand, it becomes a really interesting year for them because they're, they are going to be cleaning house, new GM, new head coach, new regime, and not just two picks, two first-round picks, but two top-ten picks, like two high draft picks to potentially add some legitimately you know, impact playmakers of that team. And it needs a lot. Like, it wouldn't shock me if they treated this a little bit like the Detroit Lions treated last year's draft, where they say, put off quarterback, right? Daniel Jones is a perfectly adequate stopgap. And hey, you know, maybe the last guy screwed him over so hard, there's more in the tank from Daniel Jones. So he becomes like a, you know, let's see what he is in a better environment. And worst case scenario, he's a bridge quarterback to the next guy that we get in a year's time. As long as everybody buys in for this sort of multi-year project, I think that's fine. I don't think they have to go QB, but they definitely have the ability to. Yeah, just to wrap it up, my high-level takeaways on Renner's mock in every mock, defense is worst yeah, mock ever. The worst mock. First, it's the worst mock ever. Obviously, uh, there are defensive players to be had. There's plenty of tackles to be had, and who knows on the quarterbacks? Who knows on the quarterbacks yeah. at this point? Uh, even as we get further into the evaluation process, I don't know if there's going to be a clear-cut favorite that emerges. So right now, uh, pretty tough to predict. Anyway, get to pff.com, check out Renner's entire mock, and be sure to leave him feedback. Tell him how much you love it or hate it because, you know, it's a mock draft. It's a PFF, NFL Daily. NFL Daily.